0: You're listening to Think Digital Futures, and this is a podcast extra, where we share interviews with interesting people just because we can. In this episode, you'll be hearing from astronomer Kirsten Banks about the field of indigenous astronomy. First Australians have a deep knowledge of the night sky that Western astronomy, much like all forms of Western knowledge, has been ignoring for a long time. Kirsten is part of a growing movement aiming to reconnect science with an understanding of the sky that's older than time itself. She spoke with producer Miles Holbrook-Walk, and you're going to hear this conversation in full, so enjoy.
1: I'm Kirsten, and I'm a proud Radjuri woman, and I love space and astronomy. And at the moment, I'm studying physics at the University of New South Wales and studying the role of Aboriginal planets in Aboriginal astronomy, which is really, really fun.
2: But when you look up at the stars at night time or when you're taking a tour in in the Sydney Observatory, what do you see?
1: Lots of stars, definitely, (laughs) and planets as well. Some of my favourite things to show definitely the stars but not just single stars double stars star clusters even bigger star clusters so one of my favorite things to do is start at a single star then go to a double star so we're getting bigger then go to an open star cluster which is a cluster of a couple hundred stars and then take a nice big leap to a globular cluster which is usually a cluster of a few million stars so just like showing how big and big and big our universe can get I think that's the most exciting thing and also existential crisis-inducing thing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What does that feel like when you see all those things, quantum leap from smaller and smaller star patterns to massive ones, ones that are almost incomprehensible?
1: I freak out sometimes, to be honest, because space is just so huge. It's just there's so much out there that we can't comprehend yet and there's always more to learn about the sky as well. That's why I love this field so much. Even if I knew everything that the human race knows about space and astronomy there is still more to learn.
2: I I want to touch on this idea of uh, astronomy and its power to you know create a symbiosis between you know two totally different groups of knowledge on surface level but actually we can see a whole bunch of similarities and commonalities and is that the way you feel about astronomy and the way that? Definitely yes
1: because you can relate astronomy to everyday things as well. So for example, in September last year, we saw uh, science came out with this big discovery of two old stars called neutron stars colliding and then sending out ripples through space-time, or these gravitational waves as people know them as. And in that case, I thought, hmm, this collision creates lots of gold, and it was on the news for a, a long time, and someone worked out how much this gold would cost, or the value of the gold, which was about one hundred octillion dollars, which is absolutely ridiculous. About
2: I've never heard that number in my life. It's a, I, it's a
1: lot of zeros. So you got million, billion, trillion, quadrillion, quintillion, sextillion, septillion, octillion. By seeing if an unfathomable number like that, I thought, okay, let's come down and bring it into better, easier terms to understand. So I thought we'll take that one hundred octillion dollars and put it in two dollar coins. Then you'll stack those $2 coins. You then get a stack that's long enough to go to the point where these two stars collided and back 5,000 times. So it's seeing things like that and bringing it down to something that people can kind of understand and laugh about. That's what kind of makes it all interesting for people.
2: Totally. I want to actually ask about one very particular story, and Mm -hmm. uh, it's actually the story of the Celestial Emu.
1: Yes, I love the story of the Celestial Emu. It's one of the most amazing things of Aboriginal astronomy. So I want to kind of start with a perspective of Western astronomy because when we look up into the sky as Western astronomers, we see constellations, the dot to dot pictures that kind of make sense, others not so much. Uh, for example, Canis Minor is one of the Western constellations, which is the little dog. So all it is in the sky is just two stars with a line between the two and that is representing the dog. So With Western astronomy, we see these dot-to-dot pictures, but in Aboriginal astronomy, we kind of see a more sophisticated part of the sky. So one particular star would represent an entire object or an entire thing. Or in this case, for the celestial emu, we look at the dark parts of the Milky Way. And so when you're in a dark sky and you look up into the sky, you see the Milky Way stretching right across. You can see the dark parts and they manifest a huge image of a great celestial emu. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's amazing.
2: Have you been on Wiradjuri Country and looked up in the stars?
1: i, I have been back into country uh, a few times recently and just looked up for the stars and took a took a laser pointer out and just showed my friends around, it's like, "Hey, look, there's that thing. There's that thing. If you could see the Milky Way, if the moon wasn't up, you'd be able to see the emu here. And just uh, I love it so much because it I have that extra connection to the land and to the sky when standing on that land there.
2: Do you feel, as an Aboriginal woman, that you've experienced racism in this country?
1: Unfortunately, I have to say that I have experienced this racism before, or a kind of stream of racism to Indigenous Australians. For a little while, some of my friends would actually roll their eyes or laugh whenever I introduced myself as an Aboriginal person, and they'd say, oh, no, you're so white, because I do have white-ish skin. Like, I'm just a little bit tanned, but that doesn't define how Aboriginal you are by the colour of your skin, which is, was really hurtful in a way. Um, so that was probably the most racism I would get. Most of the time people are supportive, which is fantastic, but there are some people out there that just don't have the mutual respect or the mutual understanding of where you come from and how the colour of your skin does not indicate in any way what you should act like and what you should be like like, I want to mention what my dad always says to me these days. My dad is, if you want to go technically by a percentage of blood and whatever, even though that's completely ludicrous, technically my father is more Aboriginal than I am by blood, but I identify more. And he always says to me that I am more Aboriginal than him because I immerse myself into the culture and I take the time to learn about it and be a part of this culture. And that's that's the whole thing. It's having that understanding and having that mutual respect that the world would be a better place, really.
2: There's been a lot of reportage recently about the difficulties of being uh, a woman in the STEM industries, particularly in, sci- in the scientific community. Have you found any challenges related to that as well as uh, the own challenges of uh, racism as well?
1: Yep. So most of the time, I feel empowered by being in a mostly male-dominated field because, like, yeah, I can do this too. Watch me. Um, But there have been times where I have not been taken seriously because I am a young woman, which is really annoying. But then it just empowers me more to keep doing better. It's like, yeah, watch me do this. I can do it just as well as you can.
2: Or is it the case that you'd also like to perhaps produce or to be a part of cultural change within the scientific community itself as well?
1: Definitely for sure, because if think about all of the famous science communicators you know. Bill Nye, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Brian Cox. What are they? They are all male. I want to be one of those really big people that everyone knows is female and can inspire the next generation of young astronomers, male and female.
2: Women are underrepresented in science. Do you feel that the same is said for Aboriginal Australians in the scientific community, particularly the astronomy community?
1: Funnily enough, the four Indigenous astronomers who are Indigenous ourselves are all women, Mm. which is fantastic. So there's myself, there's Carly Noon, there's uh, a lovely lady called Crystal down in Melbourne, and we're all women. Mm. It's great.
2: Do you feel like there there should be more?
1: Definitely. I feel like there should be more uh, Indigenous astronomers out there because the more of us there are, the more we have a chance to share this knowledge respectfully and get that mutual respect back again
2: are there some sort of structural changes you'd like to see in the stem industry to facilitate that a bit more
1: i think what i'd like to see is people accepting everyone for who they are what no matter what gender what background so that everyone has a fair chance in making it in the stem industry like that's what i want to see
2: do you think there's a fair chance at the moment
1: i think so i think we have the potential to get there
2: You say the potential to get there, do you think there are some shortcomings at the moment?
1: A lot of people are set in their own ways and are closed off to new opportunities, which is the hard part that will slow us down, I think.
2: That's kind of unscientific in a way.
1: A little bit, but not everyone can be scientific
2: all the time. (laughs) Where do you think we're headed?
1: I think, if I have any say in it, we're headed towards a point of mutual respect for Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians and looking at the sky in different perspectives and accepting those perspectives for what they are.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this podcast extra. Thank you to producer Miles Hobbrook-Walk and to Kirsten Banks, who you can follow on Twitter at Astra Kirsten. To find out more information about the show, as always, head to our website. It is 2SER.com slash Think Digital Futures. And if you're listening to us from presumably your favourite podcast app, go on, hit subscribe and leave a review. A nice one. We'll be back soon with a new episode. So in the meantime, thank you for listening.